Beautiful. Well, welcome to all the community members that are joining us today. We are so excited to have you in the Small Business Group Meetup sponsored by GoDaddy. Um, this is just a fantastic weekly meetup that we do to help bring an engaging conversation that'll allow people to listen, learn, and leverage because our goal is to impact, empower, and enable small business, right? Create an environment where entrepreneurs can feel safe, they can learn, they can listen, and they can grow at any pace they want. And each week we bring somebody that's part of the community that's just got perspective and visibility and they want to share their story. And today we've got Carol. She is with Perpetual Wealth and College Planning and Funding Strategies. And she is just a fantastic analytical optimist. Her goal is to help people find conventional and alternative routes. And I just, I love her strategy, the way that she's got um, a tactical group and a network that works in tandem with her. And you guys are going to be impressed by her story today. I'm so happy that she's here with us. So Carol, welcome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no. And we're so appreciative. And I'm going to have the community members that are here today introduce themselves so that you know who's here to support you. Um, and, you know, they can feel as part of the conversation because that's what this is. It's a, it's a dialogue and a conversation. So I'll introduce myself first. My name is Adam with Clarify. I am your moderator and host, and I am so appreciative to be here today. Um, Mr. Boyk, why don't you introduce yourself? Happy Thursday, everyone, and thank you for doing the great work that you do. <clears throat> My name is Chris Boyk from Boyk Consulting. We help companies improve their flow of their operations, their production, and make sure that they actually have financial success, which, after all, isn't all business about trying to be successful? Love it. Thanks for being here. Julie, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Julie. Um, I have Stick and Stack. We're an online um, e-commerce platform that sells um, eco-friendly stickers made out of water bottles. We have a women's artist collective. Um, we do custom and then we also promote um, creativity through our blank canvas campaign. And I'm super excited about getting involved with this community and just it's been um, super inspiring for me as well just to be able to hear all your stories and the diversity. Um, yeah, it gets me pretty excited. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, we are excited to have you and Julie's going to be our guest next week. So definitely tune in because judging by the, uh, the drums behind her, she's going to rock <laughs> our world next week. <laughs> Patty. So hi, everyone. Thank God you guys have all seen me already. So you know what I look like. But, um, so I'm excited to be here. So for Carol and those that don't know, I am a marketing and media strategist, speaker, podcast host, and magazine publisher. So for me, really, honestly, I sum it up by saying I help people create marketing strategies that are profitable, not painful. I love it. We always love the conversation that Patty brings to the table. Patty, thanks for being here today. And then our, our beautiful GoDaddy team that is here to support us today. Let's, uh, let's have Rachel and then Jonathan introduce themselves. Hi, everybody. Uh, Rachel McCool, and I'm one of the community managers at GoDaddy um, and owner of the LinkedIn group, working really closely with my partner in crime, Jonathan. And we're just so thrilled to have everybody part of this community, and it's growing in a lot of different diverse backgrounds and information. So thanks, everybody. Thanks to Adam for being our fearless leader and uh, really looking forward to hearing from you today, Carol. Oh, thanks. And hi, my name is Jonathan Graziano. I am also on the GoDaddy team. I work uh, mostly in social media engagement. So uh, what's awesome is I get to talk to customers uh, online with social handles, and then I get to come to these webinars and I get to talk to people with faces. So I have the opportunity to just have basically 
inspiring conversations all day. And I get so excited by these meetups. And Carol, it really is. It's so great to have you with us today. You've got a great, you've got a great crew tuned in to watch. And I'm so excited as someone who is just starting to get a good foothold on my finances and has spent the better part of 30 years terrified of money because I can't just make it. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say. I have my, don't worry, I have, I have my notepad. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> so I guess that means it's my turn, huh? It is, it is. <laughs> the moment we've all been waiting for. Carol, go ahead all and give right. an introduction. Well, I am a financial advisor. I am a fiduciary advisor, so I'm not tied to any particular products or things that I need to sell somebody. Um, but we have a unique way in which that we work with people. And we are helping you find the dollars, whether you're an individual or a business, but I do work with a lot of small businesses. Um, we help those people find money that's transferring away from you unknowingly and unnecessarily. So we try to recapture all those dollars and then bring them back in so that you can decide what to do with those dollars. You know, we don't like to say that you have to deprive yourself of today's living just to save for tomorrow, but so some of those reallocated dollars might go back to your personal consumption, things that you want to do, and then some may be saved for later. And in the business owner side of things, we have what we call our tier strategy, and it's T-I-E-R for tax incentives and expense reductions. So we're always looking at the most tax efficient way for either an individual or even a, or a business to kind of recapture those dollars. So we know that if we can get an individual or even a business owner to a net zero um, tax obligation in retirement, we can actually increase your um, retirement spending dollars by more than a million dollars in most cases. Um, that's how much taxes are going to eat up what you have to spend in retirement. And when you get to retirement, those taxes, um, that's when you can least afford to pay all the taxes. So the question then just becomes, do you believe taxes are going up in the future or are they gonna go down? Or are they gonna stay the same? And if you really look at the history, our tax history, you can see that the average is about 50% tax rate over all the years since they first started out. So we technically would be in the lowest tax rate that we've ever been in for the last quite a few years. Um, so there's that, but with the, with the business owners in our tier strategy, since we have, I guess this group is mostly a small business owners are going to be tuned in. Um, you're looking at some for tax incentives right now, back in when the pandemic started, everyone heard about the PPP and, and all of that. And, and most people who could jumped on that bandwagon to accept the PPP. But the other thing that was available to business owners that wasn't really talked about a whole lot during that time frame was the employee retention credits. And I don't know if you know, the history of employee retention credits are something that our government has gone back to for years. It's nothing new, 
But whenever there's a national disaster or a, you know, a disaster in your area, there's these employee retention credits that you're able to get. I love the dog. <laughs> but um, so those employee retention credits have been on the books for a very long time. They just bring them out when we've got things like the pandemic. So if you haven't, as a small business owner, if you haven't looked into the employee retention credits at the end of December 2000 or this last year, they did say, if you took PPP, you can also take your employee retention credits. And that can be, and they extended them up until June of this year. So if you went back from the beginning of the pandemic to now, you could get up to $33,000 per employee as a credit um, on your, on your, actually these go against your FICA returns. So if you're having to shell out money for payroll, um, that's really going to save you quite a bit um, in the coming months. So that's one we, I've been working with a lot of our small business owners um, with and my back office team has says it's a little bit of a, there's still a lot of gray area in the implementation of it. It's not as easy as just printing out your payroll reports and kind of putting some numbers together. Um, and your typical accounting firm is probably not going to do it because it's not something that's usual and ordinary to their practice. But there are folks like myself that, that can help you capture those. And we've found that most of the businesses that we've been working with do have qualified credits. So I would encourage people to, to definitely take advantage of that um, if you can. And then there are other tax incentives that we tend to look at and tied to the employee retention credit are um, the workers opportunity tax credit. That's also a hiring tax credit, but that tax credit um, is actually a general business tax credit. So you, on average, you could get up to $9,600 for an employee, but on average, we see about $2,400. Um, and that's a for new hires. So it do, wouldn't apply to your current, pay, your, your current employees, but if you do tend to hire people in the restaurant business, there's, uh, they do a lot of hiring. Um, and then I've got smaller groups that only hire maybe one, two or three a year. But even if you have a small amount, the, um, it, it's really worth your while to look into it. So that would qualify more as a general business tax credit. Um, other things that we might look at in our tier strategy um, might be for commercial property owners. Um, if you haven't taken advantage of a cost segregation study, those are great um, tax credits that increase cash flow for you. Um, if you are mostly people think of R&D tax credits as a manufacturing thing. I'm not a manufacturing company, so maybe I don't apply. But if you look at how it's worded and what you can qualify for, I've worked with some small breweries and they're qualifying for R&D tax credits. I mean, brewing beer, they qualify for <laughs> those tax credits. So um, that's another good one. And then um, a lot of startups 
uh, if you have, there are specific startup um, tax credits that if you are a startup, you might want to take advantage of some of those things. So there, there's a lot that's not really talked about in mainstream, but those are kind of the ones that we want to kind of look at. And we have some proprietary software that we use that um, within 15 to 20 minutes, I can identify whether or not that you may be leaving some of that money on the table um, for those tax credits. I'm trying to think if there's any other tax credits. The other thing that we might look at is uh, corporate expense reductions. So um, a lot of times we find a lot of companies are overpaying on their um, um, credit card processing. We don't do merchant processing, but we do an audit of those things and negotiate. Um, maybe some of the workers comp premiums, those are usually out of whack and you can go back several years and get a, a check back from your, your, your insurance company for premiums overpaid. So those are just some areas that we would look at in a, um, you know, for a small business owner and that I would encourage a small business owner or even medium-sized businesses to take a look at um, to make sure that you're not overpaying in some of those areas because some of that can really improve your bottom line just by increasing cash flow a lot. In a typical small business, I mean, we might find as much as $200,000 on average of things that are just overlooked or not heard of. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot of money. Number one, that's a lot of money. I, I just appreciate that you came out the gate and just gave tangible, practical information that people should know about right now, um, mm -hmm. because so much of just talking about the tax code, you know, in business is overwhelming. But sometimes it's almost guarded, right? Mm -hmm. and, and ignorance is ignorance is bliss until April, which is why April Fool's Day is so close to tax day, because yep. you learn about all the coulda, woulda, shoulda problems and everybody knows the tax system itself is always evolving and, and changing and after the pandemic I mean between the, the the infrastructure deals that are coming through and some of the PPP and the IDLs you want to make sure that you're not doing the wrong thing right. at a time and missing opportunity you know because it would you think about the tax credits you just shared Carol specifically hiring and retention right we are mm -hmm. in this crazy time where there's a labor shortage where you want to retain your talent. And then if you find somebody, you want to make sure that you can afford to hire them and knowing that those exist will help impact and empower small businesses. And I love that. But if you wait until the end of the year, some of those might not be available. So I love that you're making that a relevant conversation today and just being outspoken about it. Yeah. One of the business owners I worked with, um, he's got several companies. He's actually out of Cincinnati and he said, um, when we recovered, when we determined how much his employee retention credits could be, um, he told his CFO, he says, if this comes through, this is a no brainer for the, for the wage increases that we wanted to do. So, I mean, it's not that it's, so you got to, the small business owners, I mean, for the end, you know, for the people who aren't a small business owner, I mean, that's one of the ways he's trying to retain his talent is making sure he can, compete in those areas. So it's, you know, a business owner can use those credits for whatever you want to use it, however you want to 
you know, employ them into your, your business structure. So a lot of cash flow to use. <laughs> yeah. And it's, everybody's always in a different situation. So obviously you should be working with somebody like Carol that can have a conversation. Like she said, have a discovery period where you can find what's missing on the table, but you look at the tax system and financial analytics, and sometimes it comes across as coarse or dry. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the outcome, the possibilities from understanding that, it's exciting to know that you can give your best employees a, a raise, especially if they've been around for quite a while and you want to just show them that you're there to be loyal to them because they've been loyal to you. That's, mm-hmm. that's impactful. And if you can help raise them up, you raise up your community and everybody's you know, having a better life and having a more positive experience. And I just, I love that. I love that it comes from a place of having a conversation on something that's more difficult to talk about, but Mm -hmm. can drive an exciting engagement to building visions and missions and having businesses that are, that are growing, right? Regardless of what the circumstances are around them. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's just been my message through the pandemic and working with business owners, um, you know, I hear some business owners I work with, fortunately, this was one of the better years they've ever had until, of course, inventory ran out <laughs> or something like that. Um, but there are others that are like closing their doors. And if they had just heard about maybe a tax credit or something that was free that could have, you know, kept the doors open and, and kept things moving along, um, I just small business owners make up the majority of those that hire in our, you know, in the country anyway. Uh, It's not the big corporations. So I think it's important to to help our main street businesses um, in any way that we can and support each other. Yeah, it all starts with advocacy and I appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about the fact that you work in a strategic network, right? It's not just Carol that's that's pushing all the all the right no. answers. Right? <laughs> no, I have I have a team, which is great because I think you need to have some strategic alliances. I have a whole back office group that helps us capture, you know, once we've identified those tax incentives or expense reductions, I do have a whole back office group that does the production for that. So that's taken care of. It's all you know. We don't have to worry about that part because we do have a audit protection um, shield on that. So if there, if you were ever audited because of things that we verified or we can come to the table on our dollar to um, show why those tax credits are, are legitimate and you should be taking those credits. So um, that's a whole back office team. Uh, I also work Uh, as a fiduciary advisor, when I'm working with small business owners, um, I'm reviewing their uh, 401ks and um, whatever retirement plans they have set up for their, for their clients or for their employees. And uh, what a lot of business owners don't really realize is they, for most of the plans that are out there, the business owner has the ultimate fiduciary responsibility for those plans to um, be of where you are um, teaching or educating your employees and advising them in the right way and giving them the appropriate um, options. 
In the past, you don't hear about it very much anymore, but we thought maybe after the pandemic, there might be some, but there was, um, there's been lawsuits. I mean, employers have been sued because somebody had money in a 401k and didn't feel like they were advised well enough and, you know, have losses and then they want to come after somebody. Um, and in those fiduciary roles, um, what we do when we're managing our plans is we take the fiduciary responsibility off the, the business owner and we take it on ourselves. Um, and we, and, and since we can, um, we don't work with the great big, big companies out there. That's, you know, the, we'll let the big guys handle all the thousands of, you know, companies like GE and Procter and Gamble and things like that, that have the the numbers of employees, but we can um, actually work more one-on-one -on -one with those employees to make sure that they're getting the advice that they need in order to um, make their retirement plans good too. So I have a whole back office team that works, uh, that helps me there. So we have um, another unit that um, if we're working with business owners who may be selling a business um, and they wanna make sure that they're set up appropriately, we've got a whole back office um, specialist to handle that particular event. And if it's a matter of the sale going through and then maybe we have some capital gains that we wanna mitigate some of those taxes on, we can do that as well. So it's a really kind of a, a big um, focus on, on the business owner. Um, not that we don't have individual um, individuals that we work with because obviously business owners have employees and we work with those individual employees. So we can kind of make that transition, um, but we do have a, a big focus on the small business owner to make sure they're as profitable as they can be. And mitigate as much taxes as we can, and then take, hopefully take a lot of the fiduciary responsibility off of them so that we can mitigate any kind of liabilities that way, lawsuits and things like that. Yeah, no, and it's important. You know, there's so much pressure already just being a small business owner and having an employee workforce that you're responsible for. And even yeah. so, so much more now than it has been, I feel like, just because of the transparency in the world that we're in. And knowing that you've got somebody in your corner like you, it's fantastic because as a, as a small business owner, so many of us reinvest into our own business and we think we're doing what's right all the time. And just like having a personal trainer in your, in your corner, it matters your proper form. It matters on the focus area. And you want to have somebody that's there coaching you to do the right things because you don't want to get to the end of the road and I have tons of, of small businesses, just like you said, that have sold their their business, which was their nest egg. And it is a painful process. If they mm -hmm. get to the end of that road and what they thought was a legacy now became a huge tax bill and they're getting 40% of what they expected. Nobody right. wants to live on 40%. So I love that that's your, your point of advocacy. I love that's where you start and you start with discovery and conversation. And mm -hmm. I mean, just like here in the chat, Patty said, it's amazing what conversation can lead to options and cash flow. I mean, that's really what it's all about in business, having options and cash flow, because right. without one or the other, you're not in business for yourself. You're a, you're a slave to the process and nobody wants to be that. So I just, I appreciate that. Um, I kind of want to, 
I want to open it up to the community members here, Carol, if you don't mind, and, and see if there's any questions or comments they want to offer. I have a I've couple questions. Oh, go, Julie, please. No, are you sure, Jonathan? I have lots of questions, I, actually. I'll just go really quick. I'll go quick then, because mine was just, okay. what I what I really liked about this is I feel like so much thought goes into building a business, and so much thought has to go into securing a space or securing a website or getting a, you know, the chain of supplies set up, getting employed. It's not that people don't think about this, but the dream is to get the business built, right? It's, it's sometimes a lot of times, you know, we're told don't think the end game. Like we want you to just think about like, just get the thing built. You don't want to, don't build this thing so that you can sell it in 30 years, build it because you love it and build it to take care of it. But it's so important to think about what happens down the line. And it's so important to have those, you know, have that in the, it's so scary to do, but to have that in the back of your head the whole time of like, oh, I'm going to build this business and now I need to protect it and protect myself. So to hear from, from someone like you to, you know, to share that with our community where we have people who do have startups, they have their own independent businesses. They are thinking of, you know, hiring employees. Like there's so much, there's so much education that constantly has to happen. And it's, I'm so grateful to have people like you who not only have that knowledge, but are so willing to share it and to really, really help people. I feel like a lot of times, you know, with finance, it's hit or miss, right? You've got the people who are there to help and you've got the people who are there to just be like, okay, well, there's actually a couple more zeros there. And I really appreciate knowing that there are so many out there that are there to help and educate. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And we do have, I mean, if you go to my website, which is perpetualwealthfinancial.com, uh, if, if we have a small business owner that's looking for just some additional tips, resources, cash flow ideas, uh, we have a publication that you could subscribe to for free. There's no sales going on in that publication. It's just straight tips. And, we, and it, it, it comes, it'll come into your email box on Monday mornings. And it's um, just look for the business owner page who we serve business owner and then you'll find the link that you could subscribe to that. Um, but it's a, all it is is just free resources and there's probably about a year or so worth of content from anywhere from leaving a legacy how to how to decide what kind of trust is good for you and all of those kind of things. And Julie had some questions. Lots I of questions. Some questions. I have some practical questions. What I think it's super interesting to me about, um, I have a you know a bookkeeper and an accountant, and I thought the accountant was enough, but I'm not sure in listening to you that he is poised to give me the advice or the information I need to plan. Is that? Can you describe a little bit the difference between like having an accountant and having someone like with what your services do on the bigger picture? Mm -hmm. And I see that there's a potential gap there that I'm not getting ahead of. That's okay. my first question. And then the second one is, you know, I'm a, um, you know, a startup. I'm a, it's just me. I have consultants. When do I start this process of um, setting up you know, with myself and my, as an employee, a 401k kind of getting the, you know, healthcare through that, through the company. Is that mm -hmm. early on? Is it worth setting up starting now? Um, yeah. And just kind of, when is it that someone engages with someone like you when you're a startup? Okay. Um, well, I have a startup that I'm working with now. He's, um, he's got, a, he's actually a tech startup. He's had no revenue yet, but we've um, we have uncovered about thirty five thousand dollars worth of tax credits. 
that he's eligible for. And it's kind of like a catch 22 because we've identified that he's got $35,000 worth in tax credits, but he's such in the early stages, I think this month or maybe last month was his first clients actually coming on board and, and paying him a revenue. So if you think about it that way, how, how much do you need those tax credits if you have no revenue? Right. <laughs> right. You know, so you, yeah. you have to kind of think of it as, um, uh, you know, in a logical way. I mean, because I identified uh, about $3 million worth of tax credits for a architectural and design firm but they're an ESOP. And what that means is they're owned by their employee, the, the employees own the business and they haven't paid taxes since 2014. So, you know, do, how would they utilize those tax credits if you're not having to pay those tax credits? So when you're in, so you just have to think of it in, in those kind of terms. And then when you're thinking about the team, your the financial team that you've put together, your bookkeeper, the the accountant is the accountant to CPA. And one of the things that can trigger as to whether or not that accountant is proactive or just reactive is are they just collecting all of your information at the end of the year towards tax time and just doing your tax returns, or are they reaching out to you? you know, after tax season is over saying, okay, now is my time when I'm doing tax planning with my business owner clients. We need to look at, you know, what you are have going on, where you think you're going to be, if you're still in the startup stages, um, you know, how much revenue are you projecting for this next year? And then he should have suggestions for you on, you know, how to mitigate some of those taxes. Uh, if he's not doing those things, maybe he's not your guy um, or girl. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just those kind of things. Now, what makes our team, our back office team different in the specialized tax incentives that we do is that a lot of those specialized tax incentives like cost segregation, R&D, the employee retention credits, those kind of things require um, more of an engineering CPA. Um, most CPA firms don't hire an engineering CPA on staff because they don't do a lot of that work. It doesn't really fit into their business model. So they would partner with a, a group like mine to help deliver those um, resources to their clients. So I do work with a lot of CPAs that, you know, they'll reach out and say, hey, I'm um, looking for um, some assistance. I've got this client. He has several commercial buildings. I think he could really benefit from a cost segregation study. And he'll bring me in. And, and I love working with the CPAs like that because they have all the information. I don't really have to chase any of the documents down, but um, we, we work alongside those. We're not trying to replace those guys. Um, we're just working alongside of them. And then as far as when do you want to start um, maybe something like a 401k or something like that, that is... Um, 
I mean, you, you're going to have to have the, the, the revenue to do it, but to start a 401k, if you're really a small group, um, maybe a few employees, not, not like a lot of employees, <coughs> it might be cost prohibitive to do an, an official 401k. And maybe what you're looking for there is more of like a, a SEP IRAs for, for the um, employees, for yourself and the employees. Um, in a SEP IRA, you do have to help, you have to contribute 3%. As a business owner, you have to match 3%. Um, but that's a good way to start. You can always change your plan later if, as you grow and get a lot bigger. But if, if you want some place to start, that's a good place to start. Did mm -hmm. I hit it all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was perfect. Thank you. It was really helpful. Really appreciate it. Yeah, those were great questions, Julie. I, I know I appreciate that. And anybody that's going to watch this afterwards is probably going to be taking copious notes because um, what you touched on there and, and Carol, what you said is it's important to be proactive, not reactive. And I just, I love that. That's what we're all about over at Clarify because the world being what it is now, the evolution of communication, connection, and technology, there's no reason you shouldn't have a proactive partnership moving forward. And it all starts with communication. So that goes both ways. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. on the business owner's shoulders to start the conversation and the dialogue because we're not mind readers, but it's the advisor's you know, position to show up. And I mean, show up now, not later. And I love that that's what you touched on because like you said, you can start in one area and make improvements or, or put a plan into place and things might shift or change. You might find success is finding you faster than you anticipated, which is great. And mm -hmm. there's no reason why you can't adapt, evolve and change along with it. And it's important to have that team that's there to, to allow you to leverage and have that conversation. So thank you for the advice and the, the conversation that you've offered Julie on her questions. Well, and that goes along with what you just said, goes along with to Julie, the, um, your, your current tax structure, like however you created your company as of today, might be a great great position or structure for you today but it doesn't mean that in the future as your company really grows that maybe there's not a different tax structure that would be better for you uh, in mitigating some of the taxes so that's another thing that you know you you should look for in your in the team you put together as a cpa or somebody who can keep an eye on that that says hey julie you've reached this air you know this this position that I think you'd get better tax benefit if you switched your company over to this other tax structure. So, I mean, everything can evolve and, and move. Yeah. And who knows that we don't know what the tax laws are going to be tomorrow. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know a lot of them. I mean, they, they like to change things on us. Oh, and I've tried to read the IRS tax code every time I fall asleep. So I'll defer that to you. <laughs> I am not a CPA. I just know enough to be dangerous. And that's why I have a team. I have a team of CPAs. I have a team of attorneys. We're all, we're all good. And that's so. the way it should be. I mean, you want your A-team, right? Your agent, accountant, your advisor, and your attorney. And mm -hmm. if you're having those conversations, you'll be able to find the, the moments that matter. Um, I have a client that we actually, this year was supposed to be a great year for him. He landed a bunch of contracts in December that we're supposed to start this summer and he's in construction. 
So as you can imagine, when we monitor and keep proactive tabs on how he's doing, his sales were skyrocketing and his payroll was plummeting, which makes no sense. Unless you look at the context, the cost of goods was going way up. Lumber was a 400% increase above what he originally had bid and he had change orders and he couldn't get employees in to keep the job running. So he was running very lean. And just looking at that, his cost and his margins were being squeezed out. So we had to do some proactive conversation on how to save him on the, the cost of his workers' compensation and some of his payroll taxes that he was estimating originally. So I appreciate that. And I think that's, that is just tangible proof that if you have the communication and the conversation, you can make a proactive decision that's gonna help save businesses and put them in a position to thrive as opposed to trying to survive and dying away. Right. Yeah. Does, yeah, gonna, uh, oh, I was going to jump in, Adam. Um, I think the the point that you're making about being proactive is so important. And you know, all of us get really busy, right? And and a lot of times it's like, oh, I should be contacting Adam, right? Or I should be contacting Carol. Mm -hmm. And like, I actually have a financial advisor, and he contacts me. Like he he contacts me. He's like, hey, let's jump on a call. Let's just kind of talk where things are at. I really appreciate that because otherwise I probably wouldn't call him, right? And so, you know, having people like in our court to help us um, with our finances. And the other thing is, is that for small business owners, especially if they're, you know, solopreneurs, they just don't have the bandwidth to think about all of these things. So having yeah. you guys in there, you know, helping them out day to day is just so important and valuable. I love that. That's, that's incredibly valuable. It's about being in a position of trust, not a position of power. And I, I just, I appreciate that, Rachel. Chris. Being able to find that little minutia out of that 70,000 page document known as the tax code and knowing what's viable for a specific business is tremendous. And thank you for that wonderful service and helping basically ensure that we have a functional economy. If you really think about it, mm -hmm. let's yeah. face facts. Politicians try to make sure that we don't have a functional economy because they want to overtax while at the same time, entrepreneurs need to make sure that the economy actually is functional. So economists can actually talk about the economy. <laughs> um, and, and what your services do is tremendous. And I would love to be able to get more information about it. Uh, especially in my line of work, because finding how to improve the business process, I have found sometimes where it is counter to what the financial end goal of the tax situation is. So understand the individual's situation is extremely important. I was talking with a medical practitioner company uh, just last week in their office and all the improvements that I had were going to streamline their business by 40% and get them to be able to see 25% more patients. And they chose not to go with it because they couldn't justify their costs to the insurance companies. Interesting. If, if they were to go with that. So what I often see is that, you know, you do the right thing 
but you get punished for it type of scenario. And working with someone like you is a wonderful way to be able to, in your organization, is a wonderful way to ensure that you can do the right thing and at the same time benefit your organization. So that's mm -hmm. a wonderful thing to do. Kudos. Thanks. Yeah, I love it. I think it's all conversational and there can be many, many members of the conversation. So it's important to talk about your goals, the now near and the never needs, like what is on your mind and what do you need now? What do you need near? And what do you never need to talk about? And you have people like, like you, Carol, that you're giving people confidence because they know that if they talk about their visions, their mission, their goals, you can help translate and mediate amongst your team and make sure that the right things are put in place so that uh, we're not stepping on each other. And I just, I love that. It's an ecosystem of trust and that is such a powerful, powerful thing. So thank you for, for all you've shared today. Thank you for the conversation, answering the questions for our community members and just being a part of this community. And I know that there are so many people that are in this community that are gonna go connect to you after this. So I wanna be considerate of everybody's time, but where can we send the community members to connect with you? I know you mentioned your website. I have a website, but um, if you if they're on LinkedIn, my LinkedIn profile has all of my contact information. It has a way to schedule a 15 minute coffee chat on my calendar or even a tax elimination strategy session, um, any of those things. So I think that would probably be the the best place to go is just that LinkedIn contact. contact. Um, and I'm listed there as Carol Dewey Claymo. Um, Dewey's my legal name, it's my maiden name, but uh, Claymo because everyone knows me as Mrs. Claymo. So. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm so appreciative and I know the community members are for everything you've given us today. Thank you so much for the conversation and the tangible and practical practical advice that we can put into place today. For all those that are listening to this, definitely go and connect with Carol. Reach out, let us know what your dreams, your mission, and your vision are, and uh, we'll do our best to advocate and, and enable that. All right, great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye.